Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Uh, but Andrew Crack has been good enough to jump on the line with us to review an incredible round 23, one of the most exciting in recent memory, maybe definitely since 1987, and I can't think of another one uh, that delivered so many twists and turns and moments. Uh, Andrew Cracker, I'm trying to rack my brain, mate, and I can't think of a round 23 that was exciting as this one. Can you? No, no, not at all, mate. Sammy, thanks uh, Thanks for having me on, mate. Uh, it's a privilege to be working with you again, mate. Uh, don't look quite sure how the game was the other, no- other night. Obviously, you were a bit flat about it, and obviously <laughs> we both were, and uh, Brownie was trying to be the balance in the uh, commentary box. But um, Yeah, no, and you know I, you're in I, trouble I, when that's happening. <laughs> yeah, you do. Obviously, it's probably on the other side of it, isn't it? But, yes. Um, no, it, it was a it was a crazy, crazy round. Obviously, there was a lot of there was a lot to play out, and uh, obviously, one that comes to mind is the Brisbane just scraping in, jumping the Dogs to be able to get into fourth spot. The Dogs slipping out to fifth. Port getting a home final. Um, Melbourne finishing on top. You know, first time since 1964. The Summer Olympics was in Tokyo. Tokyo Olympics this year can. Re- can history repeat itself? Yes, so love it. It, um, it. it was an absolutely amazing round of footy and one that I really enjoyed watching. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can say I haven't really sat down and watched footy like that and been that um, excited about watching the game. So uh, Essendon, Essendon get their first runs, uh, you know, finals in 17 years, and it's, it's an amazing, it's amazing outcome. So I'm really looking forward to the week um, that will be week one of the finals. Yeah, beautifully surmised, mate. And before we get into your takeaway from from a few of those games, have you have you got a hero and a villain nomination for us? It's what we do on a Monday night. So, yes, I yes I do, Sammy. So my my heroes for the week, I'd have to say the Melbourne Footy Club. I think uh, they've gone down to GMHBA Stadium, which is a happy hunting ground for obviously the Geelong Cats, and it's very hard to be able to get a win down there. But to be able to do it and come back from forty a forty four point deficit in the early in the third term, to be able to come back and their leaders standing up, Petrarca, um, you know, Gorn, Harms, Lever, uh, May, Oliver, and be able to get the job done and the captain to be able to kick the goal. Um, not only that, but I think even, you know, what it meant to the Melbourne Football Club, we saw Petrarca's um, interview post-game and getting emotional and how much it meant to him and the players and everyone involved. Uh, and then also to be having seven players nominated for the All-Australian squad. I think that's um, they're my heroes for the week. Yeah, fantastic. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I'm glad you brought up Petrarca because I, I, I was saying before and, and, and I've, that I've had conversations with some people over the years, some former players, and I'm always interested in how other teams are viewed from outside the four walls. And I, I remember I've asked a couple of players, oh, how Melbourne's seen? And, and it's not the last couple of years, but it's going back, you know, um, a, a few years. But it's all, the, the word that's come back is that oh, maybe they, they were just sort of happy being players, happy being AFL players, and maybe that was good enough for them. So when I saw Petrarca in tears from what they'd have been able to achieve and to be able to get that minor premier and, and to automatically think of the fans and what it meant for them, I just saw a guy and a, and a, and a club and a team where it was complete buy-in to what they're trying to do. And when, and you'd know, mate, because when you're in the four walls and there's complete buy-in to a, a mission, to a goal, um, to an objective, that's, that's rare air. That's something that everybody strives for. 
Yeah, you're 100% there, Sammy. It's, uh, as you spoke about, one of the first things you spoke about, as you said, was the uh, the shame for Melbourne people to to, brand, to wear their logo and to wear their brand, you know, to be happy to be able to wear that. And, you know, early the next day I was uh, went to go and get some food and the little little guys I saw wearing the Melbourne jumpers and uh, Gorney's jumper, so they were proud to be able to wear that. So as you spoke about, to, yeah, when I sort of think back of playing against them, they probably weren't a team that you were worried about too much. Um, obviously, they weren't in great form, but they've been able to do great things as um, you know Christian spoke about you know Goodwin you know they was talk about possibly sacking him you know not too long ago and then all of a sudden he's come with a method he's come with a theory he's come with people um, to be able to buy into a game plan and a system and um, roles that people need to be able to play and um, play at a level that is required to be able to get wins and, and at AFL level and he's been able to have that full investment and buy-in from the whole footy club and it's just a great achievement for a whole body of work. Um, obviously, you know, there's the, a the new season that starts in finals, but to be able to give themselves the opportunity to finish on top of the ladder and give themselves a really good look at it to be able to go deep and hopefully win their first one in 57 years. And it was interesting too, crack hearing Alex Neil Bullen, who said that the D's set out to gain respect this year. And that's the other part that plays into that. That's what's got me going, yeah, you guys were aware of what people thought of you. You wanted to... Uh, as a whole, make a change about how you're seen and where you're at, and that's what we're seeing. It's it, it's 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 fantastic to watch. Yeah, you're spot on, Sammy. You know, to be able to you know, respect isn't given. You you need to you need to earn it. And uh, the Melbourne Footy Club, there's going to be a lot of people who you know didn't have them finishing you know in the top four this year, and to be able to finish it on top, I think they've earned a lot of respect with just how they've gone about it. They've gone about it. They've just worked hard. Obviously, like every other team throughout the year, they've had their challenges. They've bounced back. They've faced adversity, and um, they've shown up when they needed to. So, and more importantly, at the pointy end of the season, they're on top. And as I said, they give themselves every opportunity to go deep. What about a villain? Have you got a villain for us, Andrew Cracker? The Bulldogs. The Bulldogs yes. are my villain. They, they, they had an opportunity to pinch second spot. Uh, they no, nothing, taking nothing away absolutely from Port Adelaide. They had an outstanding game, but their last three weeks they lost. Lost three games, uh, Essendon, Hawthorne, and then obviously Port. They slip out of the top four and now face the Bombers who beat them three weeks ago in the elimination final. So they're my villains for the week. They had everything to play for. Um, they uh, obviously, as I said, slip out of the top four. But then to be able to do that, it just, just to slide that and to slide like that and with so much at uh, at stake. Um, they're really disappointing. So they're my villains for the week. Could you put your finger on what just wasn't going right for them? Uh, Friday night's one thing, but for the last three weeks, I mean, with the numbers we know, statistics about their clearance numbers are well down, uh, they're not winning it at the source, we know, but were you seeing something else that just wasn't see, didn't look quite right to you? I think just for their transition going back the other way, they, they're able to win the footy, but I think just their hunt for the hunt for the man and opposition and to be able to turn the footy over, and that's that's what their goal was early on in the season. They they won it at the source, but then they also put the pressure on it to win it back, and then they really hurt you on transition with their great ball movement and skills going forward and obviously their efficiency going inside 50. So that's what's really fallen away, and I think midfielders have been um, thinking that it's a really opportune eternal time to be able to get the footy back and on transition, be able to hurt them back the other way. And I think they've really struggled with that over the last three weeks, obviously. And what is it saying to you when you see that Tim, Tim English, we know, uh, I think has had one or two concussions this year, uh, definitely one and maybe two, that even inside Ford 50, 
that they're not going with him as the ruckman. So they had Young doing the bulk of the rucking. And then at certain stages, you've got Bontempelli taking boundary throw-ins. You've got Mitch Hannon taking boundary throw-ins. So you've got him not really understanding or us not really understanding what's his role. And then the other concern is probably Aaron Norton's form at the minute. But what does it say to you when the guy that we think is their number one ruckman with Steph Martin out isn't actually rucking? I think they just need to get back to basics. Obviously, when nothing's broken, um, you don't fix it. Obviously, Tim missed um, some time due to concussions, as you just mentioned. But I think he's a ruckman. You get him back and let him play a ruckman. Bont's, Bont's an outstanding midfielder. He's class. He's a Rolls Royce. Let him do his work. Let him be um, a release kick and to make sure to get the ball going uh, inside 50 in his hands. Um, and these other guys, you know, you just got to get them to play their role. I think they've just sort of stepped away from that just a touch because obviously the form and uh, the team's not going too well. So I think they just need to get back to basics and really what worked for them earlier on in the season and just be able to understand everyone, okay, this is your role, this is what works well. Because when you've got that bit of confusion, okay, this is what's worked well, but then all of a sudden I've got to go and do something else, I've got to play another role, you have to do it because the coach, that's that's what you do. The coach asks you to do something, you do it. But when there's a little bit of confusion, that can be a little bit um, of a grey area. So for mine, I just like them to just be able to go back and do what they'll do doing early in the year. It worked well. Um, just try to get back to basics and do that, I think. Steph Martin got through about 90 minutes from what we're told, and it would seem a fait accompli that he's got to come back because regardless of what you think about the role of the Ruckman, and we've heard that Luke Beveridge has different views on the importance of, of Ruckman in the team, they can't go on the way that they are. They just can't. No, that's right. I think they need to get Steph back in. It's just, even you think about the GWS Giants, the mummy, just he doesn't get a whole lot of possessions, but just what he's been able to do around the footy. And I think Steph Martin is going to be able to add a little bit more, maybe add a little bit more when the ball hits the ground level as well to be able to move around. But um, he's going to certainly be able to add obviously a little bit more in the ruck and then probably Tim Tim to be able to play maybe a more stay-at-home forward and obviously do um, some ruck work and let Steph sort of step back outside once the ball goes inside 50 as well. So that's certainly an opportunity and hopefully Luke Beveridge he can look out for around Steph to be able to get back in the side to play some finals footy. So, Crack, I mean, with that, and you're right about Steph, the numbers when he's there midfield-wise compared to when he's not there, um, it's chalk and cheese. But what about... So the, the concern obviously is their cohesion inside Ford 50. So what's the right six for them, do you think, inside Ford 50? Do they bring Jamar Hagen back? Or, you know, do they bring um, Mitch Wallace back, who was their leading goal kicker last year but hasn't had a look in this year and he's vice-captain? Not quite sure, um... Jamara just yet. I think um, I think maybe Mitch Oaken, he's a vice-captain. He's been vice-captain for a reason, obviously, yeah. when he's been able to bring his leadership. I think bring him in there and just be able to get that grunt and mm. that forward pressure, that manic pressure that you're able to do. And you really need to be able to build your game from that, I think. once Good sides really do that. I think their fundamentals and their basics are really well performed. And then they work off and they go about their game plan from there. But if you get someone like Mitch Wallace, I reckon I'd love to be able to get him into the forward line to be able to just that manic pressure... And obviously goals come from that. So I'd love to be able to see him get his opportunity to come into the forward line. Um, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Richmond and, and Hawthorne in a moment and, uh, and we'll talk about Eddie Betts as well. But um, what the, the Brisbane West Coast game, I, we, we finished up working together. I went home and, and I put that on. And I can't remember having more fun and being on the edge of my seat more in a game of footy when the result of that game wasn't really the, the part that was enthralling us. It was the result and what it meant for the Bulldogs and what it meant for the Lions and the top four. Can you remember having so much fun and, and watching a game as exciting and unique as that one? 
Yeah, no, certainly. I can't. I was certainly watching that and uh, flicking through for, through a few things. Obviously, net, Netflix and wrestling with my kids with the remote. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I certainly did. And just to be able to see that, and then you see the uh, reaction from um, Chris Fagan when they scored the point, and yeah, then obviously, good. oh mate, it just just as, as you said, investment to be able to just to show how much it means and how much how much you care. And you know, no one would have thought that they would have had a top four spot. And then just through hard work and the grit and grinding, they they get their opportunity. And um, you know, now they they give themselves a, a double chance. So that's just an amazing work. And it was, as I said, it's um, the first time in a long time I've been able to sit down and really enjoy and been really excited to watch the results of an AFL footy game. Um. I, I'd love to get your thoughts on on what happens Saturday. So, um, I I'm going to give myself a villain nomination for letting myself get a bit too flat with the with, with, with the draw. Uh, some people thought it was because Hawthorne hadn't won. It was certainly not that. I, my my the fact that I'm a Hawks fan and member never has impacted the way I call a game of footy and never will. Um, but I hate draws, <laughs> and yeah. I feel like that came through loud and clear at the wrong probably moment of that game as we tried to make heads or tails of what we'd seen. But it, it was – on the one hand, we're looking to say goodbye to, to Clarkson and, and Burgoyne, and then for Richmond, it was Asprey and Hooley who wasn't playing. So we sort of had it in our minds what that would look like. Richmond then, against the complete flow of the game, kicked five unanswered – and the scramble on the goal line and, and Rewalt gets it over just in the nick of time. What what where does that sit with you now after having a think about it? Given what we it had no bearing on the season, but at one way or the other it was gonna be a beautiful farewell for, for, for two people. Well, I had a little bit of a think about it, mate. I, don't, I certainly don't see you as a villain, Samuel. I thought, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, mate, I, you know, I loved your passion and, you know, with how you thought and how you, you wanted someone to win. You know, you don't really like seeing draws and obviously with a lot to be on the end of that, we're seeing, you know, Clarko with what he's been able to do for the game and his contribution, Shawnee Burgoyne and obviously Asprey and uh, Basher Hawley as well. They've been enormous ambassadors for our game. Their contribution has been amazing. Um, you know, even, I think, you know, what... Off-field, Shawnee Burgoyne and Basher Hall has been able to do has, um, mm. has been absolutely outstanding with their education, and um, even even in the name Basher means deliverer of good news, as I spoke about on the um, yeah um, on, on the weekend. But I think um, yeah, it was just a surreal feeling. Obviously, with the empty stands as well, it's um, it's obviously a little bit different. And um, yeah, I was sort of. I had to think about it, and then I think that's just the um, the footy gods just saying, okay, we'll just sort of that's that's how it is, and that's how it's going to going to win. No one's going to end up a winner. So um, games, you know, are, are made by millimeters and centimeters, and you know, as you said, ten five centimeters the other way. Shawnee Burgoyne stops that goal, and it, um, you know he's the he's the hero. So it's a cruel game. Um, Jack Revolt, his amazing goal that he was able to kick to be able to get them in it. Sydney stacks last quarter was absolutely outstanding. I think we spoke about the adversity he's been through and he's been able mm. to face and the challenges and, you know, the um, what he's been able to do, the amazing support from Dimmer, his footy, the footy club, Richmond Football Club, his teammates and his support network to be able to get him back in the AFL system and playing some good footy. Um, his, his two goals are outstanding. His one-handed smother in there as well. I thought he was showing some real grit and something mm. the Richmond faithful are going to be able to look forward to hopefully next year so he can cement his spot and hopefully be a... Um, a permanent uh, player in that uh, in that senior side, hopefully get them up and running again. But yeah, it was um, very we're very privileged too to be able to uh, witness you know two of the greats um, you know 
um, in Clarkson and Burglar and obviously Basher and Asprey as well to be able to see their last games, unfortunately, due to the landscape and the COVID environment. Not, you know, not too many people can. So very fortunate to be able to do that. But, um, yeah, it was a very, very dull and empty feeling with no one, no one being a winner. But um, footy's the winner there, I suppose. <laughs> uh, you, you, you've yeah, you, you've been able to put it into perspective uh, a lot better than I was able to in the moment. Um, from one icon in, in Burgoyne, uh, Sean Burgoyne, to another one in Eddie Betts, um, to be able to see him just be able to provide that another magical moment in a career that's dished up probably more than any. Um, what? How significant of figures uh, are he and, and, and Sean Burgoyne? Um, not just to the game overall, which they are, um, but but certainly from an Indigenous perspective, Andrew. Oh, they're absolutely huge, and not just from an Indigenous perspective. It's for the um, for the wider community, for the, mm. for the community as a whole, just what they've been able to do. They're, you know, there's going to be that many kids and that have the um, number nine and um, Eddie Betts number on, on their jumper as well, number nineteen as well. You know, Indigenous and non-Indigenous. So I think. The way that they've been able to present themselves and conduct themselves throughout the career, career obviously with a lot of adversity, um, their challenges. Um, talking about Eddie Betts, obviously recently documented, you know, with a lot of racism stuff, with how he's been able to, you know, to be able to get back up when he's feeling down and to be able to help educate, but you know, to, just to be able to keep giving and giving and what he's been able to give to this great game, and also to be able to help educate it and do it with a smile on his face. Oh, we might have just, uh, have we just uh, lost crack there, have we? We'll just rattle around for a moment and just see if we get him back. He might have accidentally, do you know what he might have done? Just, you know, sometimes you might have clipped mute on the ear. I've done that a few times where I've had the phone up to my ear and then you move the phone around and uh, and then you, you'd you accidentally hit that mute button and then you're gone. But I think we might have him back. Have we got him back? Let me just double check. We'll um, we'll see if we've got him back there. Have we got uh, you back, Crack? As well, so I'm really looking forward to see how that pans out. And Crack, we lost you for a minute, mate. Contributors and um, been very fortunate enough to be opponents at times and um, just be able to sit back as a spectator too. Crack, we lost you for a little bit of that. Sorry, mate. I, uh, the phone went. The phone line went completely dead, and then you came back uh, just at the end of your sentence there. So we might have to take a mulligan. <laughs> Sorry, what was that, mate? We we lost you for a moment there. The the phone line cut out on us, um, and then oh, okay. you came back. So um, you you were talking uh, about um, the, the the impact that that Eddie had been able to have, and what he'd sort of been through, and the ability to educate. Uh, and then what he and, and Sean have been able to be in terms of role models uh, for, for not just in the Indigenous community but for the, the broader AFL community. I, I wanted to ask you when it comes to Eddie, I've, I've, this has sort of been something that's been sticking in my mind a little bit and I look back to, so I look at what some, a, lot of the, a lot of what Eddie's saying now and, and the, the plea that he made to say, we need your help. We, we can't just do this. I'm tired. I've been fighting my whole life and, 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 I, and, I, and we need white Australia to, 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 stand, to help us to, to, to win this fight. And it's dawned on me that a lot of what Eddie has been saying to us and we've been listening to and empathising and, 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 and feeling every bit of that with him and for him, a lot of what he's saying is a lot of what Adam Goods was trying to tell us, but for some reason people didn't want to listen to Adam Goods. 
but I think they're going to listen yeah. to Eddie. And I wonder if that's part of what he'll do after the game to pick that up and to find ears that were closed to when Adam Goods was saying the exact same thing but are open to, to Eddie Betts. And I wonder if that's going to be part of his legacy. Yeah, sure. Sorry, apologies about the mic. No, that's okay. I don't know what happened. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, what they've been able to do, the adversity, they've been able to do it and been able to do it with a smile on their face and help educate it and come through with a uh, vision and a hope of, of, of solutions. They want to be able to try to help and support. Um, I think it's been absolutely outstanding. Um, obviously, it's an ongoing thing. And, it's you know, I think back to when, when Dad played, it, um, it's come at long leaps and bounds and then... And with the platform that we have, and obviously Eddie, with the education that he's been able to do, has been has been first class. And it's going to, you know, we're going to have to continue to do that. And because a lot of lot of people, you know, there's going to be conversations had where non-Indigenous people aren't there, and probably you're not quite sure if you know people are going to say things if our Aboriginal people are there. So, if I think if that with the education that comes with that, if people are a part of that, and they all put their hand up and say, well, hang on, mate, that's not right. That's where the education part's going to come from for, because there's going to be, as I said, conversations where, you know, Aboriginal people aren't going to be around, where non-Indigenous people can be able to put their hand up and be leaders and say, well, hang on, that's not right. We need to pull that up. And that's where the education comes from. And I think it, you know, I think um, a good mate of mine, Leon Davis, spoke about it as well. At home, we mm. need to be able to talk about it. I think Justin Leppage mentioned it as well. You know, they're not conversations they have at home and, you know, that doesn't happen in our household. So just at home to be able to support and if things come up to be able to speak about your kids and um, to speak about your, to your kids, sorry, in the right manner. But it's an on, it's an ongoing thing, and I think if we just come with the with the right attitude, we have an empathetic and and a caring um, trait to be able to support this. And obviously, when things are wrong, they're wrong. But um, you know, to be able to help support and that people to be able to want to get the education for themselves as well. You don't want to do it because oh, because. Um, I said it and someone caught me out. That's the wrong thing to do. I don't want to say that again because I don't want to get caught out. Do it because I want to get the education and the support and not wanting to do it again because it's not the right thing to do. I need to be able to change my thought. I need to be able to not be able to think those kind of things to be able to say them. So I need to be able to change the way I think about things because there's certainly other ways to to talk or, you know, if you want to say something bad about someone, it doesn't have to have a, a racist um racist comment towards that so um we'll just we'll just continue to do that and we'll have to be able to um you know we've got great ambassadors to be able to support that and you know through these conversations even at work when i work there's guys that come up and speak to me and um you know i I take it as a leadership role that um, i'm helping educate those people at work well this is what it means this is how it's said this is where it's come from and and guys that walk off the you know they're through that little bit of education, they walk, walk off better and say, okay, no worries, I didn't know that before. So um, if we can help do that and be able to you know, come up, come across in the right manner, I think we can, um, you know, we can hopefully, we're not going to eradicate it fully, but um, you know, not mm. see it as much as we're seeing it. Just to even have that curiosity of mind and about uh, just wanting to find out a little bit about someone else's experience is uh, a, a massive uh, step forward. So, mate, that, that was brilliant and, and I thank you for it. Oh, let's finish off with a footy question. I'll put you on the spot with one here. Of the sides out of the top four, because the belief is this year that it's just going to be so tough um, to, to win it without a double chance, given all the unknowns and uncertainties. Of the teams outside the four, but in the eight, so the Western Bulldogs, Sydney Swans, the Giants and the Bombers, who do you think's got the most potential to do the most damage and get the furthest? 
think the Giants. I like the Giants. I just like the way yeah. how they go about it. Um, I think, um, obviously, I went in and had a bit of a chat to the guys as well and uh, Leon Cameron and speaking to them after their win against Melbourne. So, obviously, that was a huge win. But I just think they... They have the players, they have the ability to be able to stand up. Um, they got a huge win down at GMHBA Stadium against Geelong without... Um, and so that was huge in itself. And I think they just got some great players. Stevie Coniglio is a bit of a smoky to be able to come in and I think he'll be able to come in and be able to show a fair bit and do some damage in September. So um, they're the one for mine outside the top four that I think can do some really real damage. Crack, it's been a ripper to have you on, mate. Thank you so much. Uh, it was great to call a game with you on Saturday. It's been even better to have you on for a chat tonight. Thank you so much. Nah, Sammy, I appreciate it, mate. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully we can work together soon, mate. So look after yourself and uh, take care. Thank you. Uh, really appreciate it. He's a very good man. Uh, Andrew Cracker, uh, part of the AFL Nation family. Uh- Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.